evening, everyone. Junior church kids, don't wait, wait, wait. Come up here and stand right here for a moment. All junior church kids, come up here, stand right here. Okay? Four years through fourth grade. You guys can come stand right here. Okay, look at the crowd. Okay, so come on up here. Okay, you're going to tell them two things. First, just tell them one gift you want for Christmas. On the count of three, ready? You tell them one thing you want. One, two, three. They don't want anything. Okay, do you, you got to say it. You were quiet. So say one gift you want for Christmas. One, two, three. Okay, you all heard that? Get it for them. Okay, now secondly, here's what I really want you to do. I want you to really loud tell everybody there, Merry Christmas. Can you do that? Loud? I'm serious. Okay, one, two, three. All right, kids, you can go. Thank you. Here we are, the week of Christmas. Um, even though this week, Christmas, I know Friday, um, there are procrastinators in this room. I just, I just know there are. Who here has not finished Christmas shopping? Oh, my goodness. What you guys have done is just added chaos to an already chaotic week, to an already chaotic world. People have put it off. They didn't feel like it. They just didn't know what to get. They just, oh, we'll do this next week. Now you're in crunch time, along with all the other chaotic people, so good luck. Christmas is supposed to be about celebrating Jesus Christ, this same baby as we just heard in the communion, who will later die on a cross. He will then be resurrected by God the Father in this miraculous way, fulfilling all these prophecies that are leading up to his birth, to his life, to his death, and his resurrection, providing the real way of salvation. Not one of many ways, but the way, the only way of salvation. Because of Jesus, it is given to all of us. But you have to accept it on His terms of salvation, giving each of us a choice. If Jesus becomes our Savior, then we, we receive that gift. He is the Savior of the world, but that doesn't mean you have to accept Him. In order to be your Savior, you personally have to accept Him. Now, for those who have procrastinated in your shopping, whether it's the gift for somebody's supplies for when the family comes over. You have added more chaos to a chaotic time of year. But why is December so chaotic? Why is it that December seems to just go crazy? We have family events. And let's be strict. Let's just be honest. Can't family events sometimes just be stressful? You have to get together with people. Not that we don't love our family. But sometimes it's nice that they live over an hour away. My parents live two hours, so that's even better. They're watching online, so I'm doing that on purpose. So we, we get to spend with the drama. You guys are not laughing. Come on. I know I just got myself in trouble. I did it on purpose. We, uh, there's the travel hassles of trying to go see family, whether the weather's bad, the, the drama that can happen, that can just steal the joy that we were wanting to have. 
Most psychiatrists say that December, specifically Christmas, is one of the most anxious times for people in the entire year. Around Christmas time, people experience depression, guilt, loneliness, and regrets. The shepherds on that first Christmas event were given some great news. The angel said, I have good news of great joy for you. The shepherds were told something that was supposed to cause great joy. Because of that, we sing that song, Joy to the World. Don't we want to experience joy? Especially during Christmas. Don't we want that iconic Christmas family? Where, where we all share in love, food, and fellowship. One that doesn't include tragedy or sorrow. One that doesn't have any heartache. Don't we want that picture-perfect Christmas? Movies have idolized that. Movies and TV have idolized it. I, I just found this out. Some of you already know this. If you do know this, don't sit, share the answer. Um, but do you know it has four different scenes, um, 15 different actors, two different writers, and all one plot? 632 Hallmark movies. They're all the same thing. Rotate the actors, put them in a different scene, same script. What is it? A drama happens, which nobody wants in the movie, then there's a family struggle, and then after the simple, perfect snow first starts falling, everybody's happy. And they have a great Christmas. They live happily ever after. But it's not just on TV and Hallmark movies. Christmas cards display this perfect family harmony. Why can't we have a simple, no fuss, no drama, no mess, basic Christmas, just like Mary and Joseph had? You guys already know what that one's like. We're going to look at this. We're going to see what the first Christmas event was like. So far, we've looked at the chaos of the wise men and how they came to worship the true God. We saw the chaos of King Herod, how he worked to make himself the focus and the worship of his entire life, the Lord of his life. Last week, we looked at the shepherds, and through their journey, um, they were taken through chaos and ultimately came into a contact with the Savior, which led them to a changed life. Today, we're going to look at two individuals who were impacted the most that first Christmas night. And before, the scripture's up there, but I want you to hear and see something. We're going to talk about two individuals, and yet they go through the exact same thing. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. 
People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the for the word of God will never fail. Mary is in a predicament. I mean, really, she's an unwed, pregnant teenager. How would she face her fiance with this news? How are her parents going to react? Her soon-to-be in-laws. You're pregnant, and it's how? Just think of this predicament she's in. According to culture, she would not only be shunned by her family, but the entire community. She would have been kicked out of everything. She is really in a chaotic spot. Now look at Joseph. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophets. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Joseph is in a predicament. His fiance is pregnant, and he knows it's not his. There's going to be scandal. His whole family is going to be looked at with shame. Joseph knew that Mary's whole family is going to be caught up in the scandal. An unwed mother is going to cause a lot of shame for that family. She was engaged. So she's not just an unwed pregnant teenager. She's an adulterous teenager. Pregnant teenager. Oh, lady. This wasn't just a time where the engaged couple went too far in their relationship. In everybody's eyes, in this community, it's going to be adultery. This is violation of the marriage covenant. Joseph came to a conclusion to end the engagement, to divorce her. But Joseph wanted to do it quietly. So as to keep Mary, her family, and his own family out of that drama. Out of all that hassle. This is what led to the first Christmas. Talk about drama. Talk about a mess. Talk about chaos. Two different families about to go through a public shame, personal heartache, brokenness. While these two families are heading for pain and heartache, God steps in. Just like those Hallmark commutes. Uh, movies, just like many of us, we are in the middle of chaos. Chaos that leads to pain and heartache. None of us are immune from heartache and pain. Even during Christmas time, we are susceptible to it. My own household, my family, we are experiencing pain and heartache during this Christmas time from different areas. And so what do we do? How do we handle this? Where do we go with it? Let's look at how Mary and Joseph handled their chaos. First of all, what did Mary do when she received this chaotic news? What did she do when she received this news? Um, Did she experience joy and excitement? 
the angel, hey, you're going to have a baby. Did she jump up and, and shout with joy? No, she had questions. She didn't just take the news and smile. She wanted some answers. Who, who am I? How am I going to carry the, the living God? She was frightened and scared or disturbed. Do you blame her? I mean, this is a popped in, here's an angel going to give you some weird news and you're supposed to be happy. I don't care who you are, this information would be scary. We're used to saying Merry Christmas, not Scary Christmas. And that's really what she's experiencing. So Mary asks the question, why me? Isn't it our, so great that our God, the Creator, He didn't get mad at her. God didn't smite her for asking questions. He didn't bring down a thunderbolt. Instead, God had the angel give reassurance to Mary by answering her question. God's response, you have been chosen by God for his purpose. Why me? God has a purpose. But Mary wasn't done asking questions. After hearing that she'd been chosen, she then comes to a very basic question. The next question is, how is this possible? I'm sure Mary understood the birds and the bees. If you don't understand the birds and the bees, we have elders here who would like to talk to you. Okay? But she knew this is impossible. It can't happen. I have never been with a man. And, and the angel says, Mary uh, gave, uh, sorry, and the angel gave Mary God's answer to this question as well. It, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and, and it's going to be a miraculous conception will take place. And oh, by the way, your cousin, your really, really old cousin, who she can't have children, guess what? She's also pregnant. They didn't have telephones or emails. She's hearing the news that no one else had heard from a different town. And it didn't go by Camel Express. It came by the angel. God gave Mary some confirmation here. God's response is, nothing is impossible with God. And we know this, we talk about this, but in the midst of her chaos, what I mean? How? It's God's purpose. And nothing is impossible. Leading up to the first ever Christmas, Mary was in the midst of chaos. She started feeling fear. And this is not how she, she should be expecting, um, or how she expected to treat her first child. She wasn't thinking, well, when I first get pregnant, I'm going to be scared to death and wonder how am I going to live through this and keep my family. No, she was thinking, on my first time, I'm going to send out these little gift cards, and we're going to have a party, and they're going to bring me all these diapers. And This did not go the way she was expecting. This is not the picture-perfect plan she had envisioned. Instead of joy, she faced the first enemy of joy, which is fear. There was fear in her at that first Christmas. So how would you respond? Would you have a little fear, a little anxiety, if that were you? If God had came and told you, you're an unwed teenager and you're going to be pregnant, how are you going to handle that? Oh, and on top of that, on top of being an unwed pregnant teenager, try to figure out how you're going to tell your fiancé 
by the way, I framed it, and it's not yours. No, no, no. I didn't cheat on you. It, God, it made me pregnant. And how's that going to go? Your, fair, your parents, your future in-laws, the whole community. On top of all that, the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of the world, is going to be your responsibility. How would you handle that? I would have said, uh, excuse me, what does overshadow mean? And is it going to hurt? I, what will happen to my body? Is, is it going to rip apart and the baby's going to just pop? There's a lot of questions I would want to ask. I would want more details. If you were married, wouldn't you be nervous and a little fearful of this whole thing? You'd, you'd have fear growing in you. So how did Mary respond? I know I'd be scared. I know that this would not go right. So how did Mary respond? Let's, let's skip that for a moment and go to what Joseph did. Matthew 1, 19. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. We can tell that Joseph truly cared for Mary in this verse. Scripture says that he did not want to disgrace her publicly. He was going to break off the engagement quietly so as not to harm her, cause her and her family disgrace, to hurt her reputation, to bring more shame and guilt. He is trying to do the right thing. And, and it said in verse 20, as he's considering this, as he's thinking this over, do you know what this means? This means Joseph is asking questions. As he's considering all this, why? Why did this happen? Why did she break our engagement? Why did she hurt our relationship? Why me? Joseph is asking, why did this happen to me? How could Mary do this to him, to their marriage? How could their relationship be over before it started? How is it possible? This is going to bring us to the second enemy, and Joseph is feeling this. The second enemy of joy is anxiety. He is feeling anxious over this whole ordeal. From failed engagement, public shame, broken relationship, family troubles, the events leading up to the first Christmas, Joseph is experiencing a lot of anxiety. And yet, did God leave Joseph to dwell in that anxiety? See, God gave answers to Mary, and he also gave them to Joseph. God answers the exact same questions, but he answers them in different ways. First, the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, not in person, like to Mary. But notice, what does the angel call Joseph? He says, Joseph, son of David. Joseph's asking, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this coming here? And God's response is, you have been chosen through God's promises. Son of David, remember the prophecies. Remember God's promises. You are going to be in the fulfillment of God's promises. You're in the line of David. You're part of this culmination of prophecies. You, Joseph, are the right man for the job. I think we can also assume that Joseph was asking, how is this possible? 
How is it possible that the woman he loves did this? How is it possible? And God answers this. For the child within her will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. God's response is, the Holy Spirit is guiding this. You've been chosen for God's promises, and the Holy Spirit is guiding. God orchestrated this whole thing through the Holy Spirit. This isn't God coming in to make something good out of an unplanned pregnancy. This is the Holy Spirit taking the lead and initiating, planting Jesus right in the womb. This is a supernatural miracle. Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious to take Mary as your wife. Because God, the Holy Spirit, is leading this, is orchestrating it. Let go of that anxiety. Trust. This is what God's saying, and trust that I am leading you. And when it comes to you, all of us here this Christmas, how many of us are facing some fears? We're being weighed down with anxieties over what's going on in this time. Are you living in the joy of the Lord? Or are you living facing fear and anxiety? Why is it that more of us aren't showing the joy? The the scripture says we should be full of joy. It's great news, full of great joy. We sing more than any other type of religion out there. Everywhere you look, look, the word joy is at this time of the year. And yet, people are struggling trying to find joy. Just because some radio stations start playing the Christmas songs in October, it doesn't mean we have joy a little bit earlier. Those songs can enhance it if it's already there, but it cannot put it there. God says that we can have joy, unspeakable joy, and full of His glory. I want that. I want that, especially right now in this Christmas time. I had told you we're struggling. We're having problems at home. Casey and I are fine. It's not that. But there are outside forces that are hurting and tearing. And it's not just our family. It's other families in this church. It is the church itself. I want His joy. I want to experience God in His fullness and have a joy that is too much for me to comprehend or understand. Kay Warren, in her book, Choose Joy, defines joy this way. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. That gives me joy. It is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right. It may not be all right right now, but God is in control and he is going to work it out. Ultimately, everything will be all right. Joy is the determined choice to praise God, to honor God, to thank God in all things. That's a whole lot different than just feeling good. Joy is a choice. Joy is a character. Joy is a commitment. And God wants you to live a joy-filled life. We want to experience joy or restore that joy. We first have to identify what is stealing it from us. 
What is taking it away from us? I've talked to some people who hate Christmas because something happened in their past on or around Christmas time. It was life-changing. Some people cannot stand Christmas because they cannot forgive someone, whether it's someone else or they can't forgive themselves, even though God has already forgiven them. I want you to hear this statement. You cannot be stressed out, an emotional wreck, tense, nervous, worried, scared, afraid, and joyful at the same time. When I saw this, I didn't write this. When I saw this statement, I put it on my desktop and I just stared at it. I'm stressed out. I'm emotional wreck at times. Intense, not nervous, okay? Scared, afraid. Why am I not feeling joy? Because I can't if it's stealing that joy away. I heard a preacher once say that when anxiety comes in the front door, joy goes out the back door. Because they can't be together. Kind of a bleak Christmas service, isn't it? We haven't yet looked at how Mary and Joseph responded, though. How did they handle this chaotic news? How did they respond to this life-altering news that filled them with fear and anxiety? Mary's response, Luke one thirty-eight. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. When Mary, uh, when God responded to her questions, Mary responds, and Mary submitted. May it happen just as you have, have said. She didn't plead for something different. She simply submitted to God's plan. How did Joseph respond? Verse 24 in Matthew 1. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. When Joseph woke, when Joseph woke up, he obeyed. Joseph is given this incredible news, and he obeys what God has commanded him to do. How were Joseph and Mary able to experience joy in that first Christmas? Because they submitted to God, and they obeyed God. The response to the enemy of anxiety and fear is trust in God. That's what it is. You want to have joy? Quit letting fear and anxiety steal it from you, and start trusting more and more in God, you cannot have both joy and fear dwelling in the same place at the same time. If joy is going out the back door, you cannot have joy of the Lord bringing you strength if He keeps leaving. When we look at the manger scene, we got a nice little activity up here. When we look at the manger scene, we don't even think of the stress and fear that would have been on their faces and in their hearts. How would that impact Mary? She was. Most likely, people think around 15 years old. 15 years old and responsible for caring, carrying and caring for the Son of God. No pressure, right? She was afraid, but she chose to trust God. She didn't understand all that was going on. Joseph is going to have to be the dad for the perfect son. I don't know what that's like. Joseph supposed to protect and lead the Son of God. Joseph is anxious. 
with the opaque. Most of the times we don't get the whole picture. And I think many times when we want to know more of that information, we want the bigger picture. God doesn't give it to us because we're already overwhelmed with this little bit of picture. Why would he overwhelm us more and more with everything? Instead, we need to submit and obey by trusting. It doesn't mean that God is not here with you when you don't get those answers. He was there with Mary and Joseph. God was there in the midst of their fear and anxiety. Mary and Joseph experienced joy because they believed in what God said. Our Christian faith sometimes takes us to where we have no choice but to step out in faith. God provides as we need it, and usually at the very last minute so we know it is Him and not us. Being a Christian is supposed to be joyful. Jesus' own words, I have told you this so that my joy, listen to this, my joy may be in you and your joy complete. It's not that I get joy. His joy is supposed to be in me. His complete joy is supposed to be in me and in you. To the fullness. And so that made me think, I don't have joy because I am taking my eyes off of the Savior, the Son. The shepherds were given a loud proclamation, but Mary and Joseph were not told that way. They were given, um, they were given answers to their questions, though, but it wasn't a loud proclamation. It wasn't a whole battalion of angels coming to prove it. It was a way different style voice. First Kings 19 says this, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. Think about the noise this would be making. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not even in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. It was an accused proclamation, a gentle whisper. Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 27. What I tell you now in the darkness... Shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear. Shout from the, the housetops for all to hear. Jesus isn't going to come and shout in our ears. He's going to whisper his truth. He's going to whisper his support, his encouragement. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know. I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world, but be still. This year, it has been so chaotic. I was just talking to somebody this morning about it, but we, the news and the media, we have been in crisis alert for over 10 months straight. From murder hornets, the meteor's going to hit us, COVID, wars, I mean, you can go, start going through and every two, three weeks there's a crisis that's hitting us. 
this year, we have been so full of uh, chaos, especially Christians. I think many of us have not been still and heard his gentle whisper. Through the chaos, especially Christians, through the chaos of 2020, many have missed the calm voice of God. And maybe that's why there's so much lack of joy this year. Because of the fears and the anxiety that's happening all around. Because the world is shouting chaos. People have turned their ears to that noise and not heard that gentle, reassuring, joyful whisper of God. I know it keeps affecting me and I have to keep trying to pull my attention away from the whirlwind and the earthquakes and the shouts of the noise of this world. Here, the whisper of God. This Thursday night... We're going to have our annual Christmas Eve candlelight service. And usually we have a skit, and it's got some fun stuff and some special music, and there's a devotional thought. And the purpose to help us keep our eyes and focus on the real reason for Christmas. This year, well, this year has not been the same as any other year, so why should Christmas Eve? So it's going to be totally different. We've had so much chaos, so many different voices calling out to us that we really needed that uh, Dustin and I and, and Casey, as we were talking about, we thought we just really need to stop and meet God. Our Christmas Eve candlelight service is going to be a night of calm. That's what we're kind of calling it right now. A night where you can shut out the distractions, the screaming noises of the world. Thank you for that illustration. Okay? So we can just hear God. I want to encourage you to come out to our night of calm. For your benefit, I'm not speaking. Really, it is a night for you to embrace the calm, the gentle whisper of God. So I want to end this morning by asking a few questions. What fears are stealing your joy? This Christmas? What are you anxious about this Christmas? What makes you so uptight? What's keeping you up at night? What are you nervous about? Is it finances? Is it health issues? Is it when you will be married or if you'll be married or what's going on with that relationship? Is it a job or will you have a job or is it going to be a job you want? I don't know what your enemy is this morning, but I do know the cure for it. Just like Mary and Joseph, you need to come to that trusting relationship of God. You need to come to Him and trust Him for all these things that are totally out of your control. They're bigger than you, but thankfully, we have a God who is bigger than all of them. If you're dealing with that, we need to come to God and accept that He has a plan for you. This Christmas, really, I want you right now to think about this. Why is all this stuff happening to you? Why is all this chaos going on? God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. But how? How in the midst of this can this even happen? (laughs) Nothing is impossible for God. Do you believe He has a purpose? Do you believe He has a purpose for you? Nothing's impossible with God. All 
of this chaos. His promises are still true. You can still hold to those promises by trusting in the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to respond like Mary and Joseph. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. You, you know what she's saying? Whatever God says, I'll do it. Wherever he tells me to go, I will go. Whatever he says to do, I will do. I am the Lord's servant. The servant doesn't need to understand everything. The servant needs to understand that God does. And that's what Mary did. And Joseph, he responded by obeying. He didn't ask any more questions after that that we know of. He went, he obeyed, and he helped raise the Son of Man. There's an influence on you. There is a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for you, even in the midst of this chaotic Christmas. It's a plan for you. And if you do not have joy right now, let go of the fear. Let go of the anxiety. Come trusting, submitting, and obeying to God. And I guarantee have joy spring up so much that you cannot contain it. So what about you? I want a joyful Christmas. I want a joyful life. I want joy. I want His joy full and complete in me. I can't do it. I need Him. And if you need that too, do you need to make something public or come talk to us. We'll pray with you and we will go with this together because we are all equal at the foot of the cross. We can all come and say, I need his joy and let go of that. So let's stand. Let's sing a song and worship the one who doesn't leave us in this chaos but has a plan 